I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Supercoach Edge for the round 11 review and round 12 preview. Well, the man known as the Sicilian, otherwise known as James Sicily, underlined both the highs and lows of the round. The good, of course, smashing out a round high score of 172, only for it to then be soured by the fact he faces a week on the sidelines for collecting Caminiti high, which was given after the dinosaur known as the MRO spun the wheel of misfortune and landed on said penalty. But wait! Laird was also rubbed out for a week in one of the biggest injustices all season. He took Neil LeGround, falling first on his own hip and ass, so he's willing to give himself a corky to absorb the impact, and didn't pin the arms of Neil to allow him to break his own fall and protect his own head, which he just failed to do like an idiot. So it's only a matter of time before helmets are introduced, tackles are outlawed, all players are told to remove their own heads before taking <laughs> the field. But then we had more bad news with going down with a hamstring injury, impacting both both of us, Liam, and 11% of other owners. To be honest, I didn't think you could actually move fast enough to ping Hammy, <laughs> but uh, there you go. Interesting, interesting times. And But alas, the suspension to both Sicily, Laird, and the injury to Hodor is made all mm-hmm. the harder by the fact we will be struggling for cover with the buys now upon us for its best 18. Yes, and the buys are, of course, uh, going to be a major talking point in this episode with Round 12 presenting as the first buy for the season. So we'll do a quick refresher for everyone, just so you uh, know who has the buys, which uh, will impact us most. And, you know, a little bit of a, just, I guess, talk about the rules. And then likewise, when touching on specific trade-in and trade-out options, we'll make a point of reminding everyone what round they have the buy. So pay particular attention as to how an admission or addition to your side uh, may impact your team across the buys to ensure you are well-placed to have at least 18 scorers, which I think we're all going to struggle to do this week. I think I was uh, I was facing, I think, 16 or 17. Now I'm probably down to about 15 after Laird uh, got suspended. Uh, I reckon we just... best, best of 10, please. Oh, hopefully. like Just, just change <laughs> the rules for this week off the back of the idiocy of the MRO and AFL. They can GGF and GTFO. Just to continue the acronyms. And uh, we have some, of course, DPP additions to announce. Mm. Well, just one of note, really, with a couple (laughs) of big names missing out, boy, a bees proverbial. Uh, But of course, if you're not following us on socials where we post the latest news, post-match Supercoach scores, and the odd meme or two, you can do so via Twitter, which is at Supercoach underscore Edge. You can find myself at DamoJ88. You can find Liam at LiamEvans underscore 95. Facebook, search Supercoach Edge. Insta, TikTok, all those other platforms that are just cropping up uh, from here on out. Just search Supercoach Edge and you'll most likely find us there. But Liam, let's jump straight into it by kicking things off with our usual recap in the good, the bad, and the ugly. 
those new to our show, in the good, the bad, and the ugly, we roll through some of the more notable and the more forgettable performances across the round. We touch on how our own teams performed and uh, look at our head-to-head rivalry as we wrestle for ultimate supremacy across the season. Yeah, so let's kick it off with uh, with a good. Uh, yes. And it was, of course, James Sicily. And Sicily was operating, I think, just at a higher frequency than others against the Saints. And he took <laughs> intercept marks left, right, and center for a score of 172 that featured 16 marks in total and 43 disposals. Oh, and did I mention he had 90% disposal efficiency? That's crazy. I mean, Warple... Yeah. Struggles for half of that disposal efficiency with with half the <laughs> amount of disposals. Just incredible. We looked like a man on fire. It was great to see, especially when he's in your super coach team with the VC on. Yeah, uh, on to the bad. Let's bring the mood down. Jack Sinclair <laughs> and Will Ashcroft. Sinclair was a victim of a role variation here. Once again, with 61% CBAs limiting his ability to rack up bulk points in his traditional position of halfback, scoring just 71. And Ashcroft struggled away from the gap, but once again, scoring just 52. Still in an incredible 60% of teams so far. So Sorry, it's so fair to say he hurt a fair chunk of the competition. Mm, Bit of myself, absolutely. both of those guys. <laughs> yeah, one of those guys. And one of those guys for you was uh, an inclusion as well. And I do apologize uh, for recommending him. It wasn't a high recommendation, no, no. but I did say I just he, was, to, he was going to be a keeper. I just have to remember I can't bring in any uh, <laughs> any any primos because they're going to score like shit the first week. I keep forgetting that uh, you're mentioning that. And I'm going to make note of that right now because whoever you bring in this week, I'm going to avoid them. Yeah, please. Please I do. I might have to trade them out, really. If I had <laughs> trades, I probably would. But uh, <laughs> let's move on to the ugly. And of course, it is Rory Atkins. And many were quick to declare it the year of the rat, uh, mm-hmm. with Atkins averaging 80 across his first four games, only to deliver a 28 on the weekend. And what's worse is he was subbed out of the game with a full bill of health, which could spell danger for his job security for those owners who are hoping he'd provide adequate cover mm. across the bye period. So a definite watch this space come Thursday when teams are announced. Maybe Constable will be back. Oh, well, he ended up having the 30... He went nuts in the... Disposal or something? It might be more than that, actually. VFL? Was the yeah. VFL? The VFL, yeah. It might, uh, hopefully, I mean... Please. It was funny as well. Cause Stewie I saw Drew, Twitter. please. <laughs> please. Please. <laughs> please do it for us. Um, but I saw on Twitter, there was a, a bit of, not an argument, but like there was conflicting re- reports. Someone, I think it was through the footy live app. They'd listed uh, Constable as having 27 disposals. And then on the, through the AFL's traditional match center, yep. they ended up having uh Constable with the 34 disposals or 37, whatever it was. And I was like, is someone that's working like for the AFL through like the match center, do they own him in Supercoach and they're just trying to pop up his points? <laughs> like, hey, Stewie Jew, look how well he went. Bring him into the team for, in. for all of us struggling across the buys. Get him in. Oh, we can only dream. Only dream. But uh, dreams were had on the weekend, Liam. They were. And uh, for myself, um, they were realized uh, in some extent, I think. I bounced back after uh, my first slide in ranking all season last week with a nice rise at the ranks courtesy of a score of 2,420 to sit in a virtually identical spot to two weeks ago, rising 811 spots to now sit ranked 1,713th overall. I must say with the rookie carnage last week, I was facing multiple donuts uh, if I wasn't already now uh, heading into the buys. So sadly 
had to do a 180 on the uh, initial plan that I had to keep Clary. I had to bid him farewell. Uh, but uh, you'll see, uh, actually, if you look back at last week's Team Talk mini episode, I had a bit of a touching uh, ode or farewell to the pink sweaty pig. So uh, feel free to go and check that out. Uh, or check out our most recent YouTube short that we've put up. Uh, if you're into crying and whatnot, because uh, brace yourself, it, it's an emotional one. Uh, it was a touching tribute that I had for uh, for Clary and uh, just <laughs> memories. Memories of him trotting around on field, uh, getting his hair brushed. Uh, classic. Even having little bubbles on his head. Check it out. You'll, you'll see what I mean. Anyway, I ended up bringing in Merritt and then use some of the funds to upgrade Day to the Sicilian. Uh, mm. Even better was locking in, like yourself, Liam, the VC score of yes. 172. It was so juicy. So good. Uh, my strategy for targeting both players was due largely to their favorable matchups with the Saints, first and foremost, for the Sicilian, giving up bulk points to opposition defenders and likewise merits average against the struggling Eagles. And I knew both were bound to go up in price considering they uh, had scored quite well in recent weeks, mm. making it hard to bring them in across later weeks, uh, across the buys or even post buys. So getting them in now means I get them at a discount. And um, off the back of that, I must say, I'm still hopeful to bring in and be reunited with the pink sweaty pig after the buys and we'll have more than enough in the bank to do so, thankfully, courtesy of some careful cash cowing and planning. But it probably comes down to more than anything. We don't have trades left. Um, so that's going to be um, interesting. But I think I'm going to have to just... Uh, hold a door when it comes to the amount of donuts they're going to be uh, fielding over the next few weeks. But c'est la vie. As always, though, from a more comprehensive look into my team as it stands, along with the strategies and trades I'm looking at for next week and beyond and uh, how I'm planning from week to week across these by weeks, uh, feel free to check out Damo's Team Talk mini episodes, which can only be found exclusively on our YouTube page as an exclusive bit of content. Now, Liam, what about yourself? How did you go? Yeah, not quite as well. Uh, 2,310, so not bad, not bad, just not not as well as you did, uh, which did see me drop down slightly in the rankings to two six, uh, from two down 267 spots to 7,432. Still not bad. I'm pretty happy with how that is considering where I started the season. Now, I took a slight tumble this round, but only, only a small one, and it came off the back of some poor scores from Sinclair, Sheasel, Steele, Ashcroft, and Samson Ryan. Oh, and that injury to, as you said, Sean Darcy, uh, just pulling the hamstring. I must admit that was quite funny because I saw the vision and there wasn't an actual incident of it, but I had to rewind and I saw him in the background behind play and he was just like, just casually like just walking, walking pace. That's, I think that's his running pace, but he was like just just rubbing the back of his hammy. I'm like, what have you done? Like, have you got up a bit of a gallop and you just just ping just a couple <laughs> a couple more than a couple of steps at a time and you're bang, done. Bang. I yeah. Yeah. It was interesting watching him up, up alongside Gorn and Grundy though, just like just in the ruck, like him standing next yeah. to them and just being like, This is two very different types of ruckmen here. Um <laughs> anyway. A picture I, uh, of fitness. Yeah. So in terms of trades, I uh I had some absolute rookie carnage on the weekend. Uh, Rory and Simpson were dropped. Chincotta, uh, he's been missing for a few weeks. Had Chessa, he was dropped as well. So I ended up needing to make some trades this round to avoid some donuts. So I did go the same thing as you did. I traded mm-hmm. Oliver. Um, and I kind of went the devil's advocate route that I discussed last week. Um, so I've traded him out, traded him out to Sinclair. Uh, so I banked, I got 195K in the bank. 
uh, with, uh, you know, the likes of Ashcroft and uh, Samson Ryan and Weddle and yep. I don't know, all those guys. So I can uh, get get him back in with that cash that I've, I've banked there. Uh, Brian Sinclair and Wardlaw I traded from uh, Simpson. Simpson. Uh, so, yeah, week early on Wardlaw or the Warlord. And as is the trend, Sinclair stunk it up with a score of just 72 the week I brought him in. And now looking into the weeks ahead, I have Darcy's hamstring to deal with. I have Sicily and Lance suspended. So I am hoping that Chincotta, Chessa, Constable, and Drew <laughs> all get a call up to help me build a full, full team. And you know what? Just, you know what, uh, horse, just bring Maddie Roberts back in. Just I don't care. <laughs> On one leg, <laughs> hopping around. Imagine that. Just a, a tap out. Oh, they got the tap out from right from McAndrew down down oh. to him, and he's hopping on one leg, and you can't tackle him because you know yeah, it's just, more likely get... his head. Exactly, exactly right. Because you know mm. it's like uh, that old joke. You know, what's the name of a woman with uh, with one leg? Eileen, are you asking me? Okay. <laughs> classic, <laughs> classic gags, classic gags. Um, yeah, so I'm hoping they'll come back in. I'm probably going to eat a, a donut this week, though. Uh, so I might hold, choose to hold some trades rather than trade myself out of trouble. Don't you just love the buys? They are an incredible, beautiful thing. Actually, of course. No, the, further, the furthest from the truth. <laughs> I love it. Sicily and Laird, the week, the first week of buys. And normally I'd be like, oh, yeah, they've got a suspension. It's okay. It's during the best yeah. 18. But no, no, it's beyond be, that. Yeah. Bloody hell, come on. It is beyond on, that. I, I, I don't even know. Like, if anyone is able to field, I think, well done to you, if you're able to field a, a best 18 team this week. But if you're able to field a best 19 or 20, because as we always say, like, it's it's better to have more than 18 because, you know, the shitter scores drop off and you're only, you know, given the, uh, the best 18 scores. But, uh, yeah, in this case, it's going to be slim pickings across the board. So I think in that case... People shouldn't be too worried because I think everyone's going to be in the same or very, very similar boat where, you know, if you're struggling for a 16, 17, maybe it's not that bad. Maybe, maybe 18, maybe maybe a top 16 is a new top 18. Yeah. Orange is a new black. All that sort of stuff. Well, that's an account. I've got 15 players assuming that... Oh, Lord. With Before trades, before trades, assuming that Chincotta and Chessa and Drury don't play. So if they play, I've got 18 without any trade. So please, please. I'm putting the uh, call out. I've got I've got 14. Oh. Oh rough. <laughs> but but that's that's not counting. Uh, actually, no, I'll have 15, sorry, because I'll likely be trading Ryan. Maybe a 16 if I trade Simpson. I think I, I think I've miscounted there. Oh no, I think I counted Chincotta. Oh god. Oh, who knows? I might have He's gonna come players. back in. He's got to come yeah, back in. Sure. Anyway, let's uh let's, let's jump into the head to head. Something a bit more, a bit more happy for you, David. Yes. Uh. Yeah. It's slightly, but it's it's yeah. It's not pepping my mama spirits. Um. <laughs> so I ended up uh bouncing back and extended my lead out after mm. you nearly overcame the entire margin in one week last week, uh, with a deficit now sitting at three forty after being at two thirty last week. So I gave you a bit of a sniff, and uh, mm-hmm. you're likely to just overcome that again next week. Um. When I have a, a yeah, on the buy, I don't, I don't think it's happening during the buys. <laughs> <laughs> this is this is the chance, I reckon. I'm I'm absolutely cooked. I'm absolutely cooked. I'm just whatever. It is. Whatever. I, I love that we're going to we're using this episode to go and talk through the buys with people and like, don't worry, 
we'll help you navigate through the buys. And I've just already like thrown in the towel. <laughs> I don't think, but I think it's just due, purely due to the fact that everything bad is going, everything that could yeah. go wrong right now is going wrong. Yeah. It is true. Yeah. It's just frustrating, but we'll help you. We'll help you nonetheless. Yeah, we will. <laughs> uh, so, but yeah, so yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm nine wins, your two wins. Uh, and yeah, the differential now is 340. Yeah. Coming for it. Uh, but as we spoke of at the top of the show, buys are now upon us. And as we are fresh, as as are some fresh DPP changes. Oh, tasty. So let's unpack it all with our new segment featured across the next month of buy rounds called... Uh, a bit of Bay City Rollers there. Classic. Oh, I love it. Uh, so for Super Coaches new and old, it's a good time to have a bit of a refresher as to what the coming months of buy rounds mean. And I know some may have their head in the sand or you just just given up off the back of uh, these suspensions and whatnot, <laughs> like myself, but uh, they are simply unavoidable, unfortunately. Good news, however, is the first two are uh, supposedly easier to navigate. See, I wrote some of this, these notes down prior to these suspensions. <laughs> you yeah, can tell. You can really but, tell. Uh, it's flipped on its head. So maybe you can blame me for, for you know, jinxing it. Um, but yeah, compared to the rounds 14 and 15, going into the buyer period, it was looking like those last two buyers are the worst. Now it's looking like the entire buy period, the buy month is just bad in itself. So uh, okay, yeah, no, it's okay. We've got, we got round... 13 or whichever one is the good one with only gold yeah. Yeah. Until every other player gets suspended. Every tackle is a suspendable offense. <laughs> oh God. Yeah. So suspensions, oh. injuries, and omissions uh, always throw a curveball uh, in, which they mm. have done this week, unfortunately. But before we delve into that, we can keep hiding under our desks for a little bit longer because first we have some new DPPs to announce. Yes. So let's kick off by tearing off the Band-Aid, as it were, by announcing that the top prospects in Walsh and Gorn both fell short of the 35% threshold. Walsh's time in the forward line dropped to 32.9% after spending more time in the middle, ruling himself out. And I want Voss sacked for that specifically. I want him sacked for, for multiple things. But I don't I'll, even I'll care. Take that. I don't even care about that. I just want him sacked <laughs> for playing Walsh in the middle and stuffing him up. That's, That's part of the shit game plan. Side. That's part of the shit game plan. Play him in the forward line? Is that the issue? <laughs> That's the issue. <laughs> I don't care. <laughs> and he amended that. That was the one thing that I thought was actually pretty good, but uh, he's not going to oh. keep his job after that. After that, And he's done us over. Yeah, he's he done us over. over. And you know what? Who else done, has done us over? Simon Goodwin. Oh, Gorn fell absolute. Uh, look, maybe this was a miscalculation on his part. Maybe it's actually Gorn's fault. Maybe, yeah, maybe Gorn demanded a, an extra CBA. Uh, because Gornfell agonizingly short by just 0.1%. Yes. His time in the forward line was 34.9%. Literally one cent about starting forward would have pushed him over. And you know what? I don't even know who to blame for that one. It's pushed us all over the edge. That's what it's done. It's It's just getting flatter and flatter this episode. Oh, as flat as the shit Carter's hat. Just, yeah. Honestly, but I, I'm like hearing about like the the smallest of margins. I'm here having serious flashbacks hearing that he's fallen short oh, by yeah. that, that small decimal point because it reminds me of 
a team that I support that uh, <laughs> ended up uh, coughing up a lead against Collingwood and fell short of finals by 0.4%. Yeah, it's rough. Uh, I feel like that meme, you know, that meme, everything reminds me of her and it has like, <laughs> has photos of like things representing breasts and other body parts. But this is literally, this, this just reminds me of the heartbreak club mm. that I support. It's just heartbreak. disappointing gaslighting me at every season. How dare they? But dare anyway, they. the new DPP list is that lackluster. It's only really worth mentioning one name, and that's Jack McRae, who gained forward mid DPP eligibility with 38% of time spent forward. But hold the applause as McRae is only punching out a 109.6. Sounds good but it's actually his lowest average since 2017. So he isn't as impressive an option as he would have been in recent years. And part of that reason is to do with this new DPP with less CBAs resulting in lower scoring potential across the board. Yes. And despite the lackluster average though, he does place him in the top four scoring forwards and he comes in at a discount of 60 K on his starting price. However, the fact he has the troublesome around 15 by doesn't do him any favors especially for me. Yep. Yep. Well, I'll, I'll ask you, Liam, first up, Oof. are you considering, would you consider bringing him in? Doesn't have to be at the moment, but like, even if he's like your last upgrade option, yeah. would you bring him? Uh, actually, sorry, I'll rephrase that because he's what 60 K cheaper than what his starting price is. And I think his break even's not too bad. Would you consider bringing him in now? Or would you prefer to wait and maybe sacrifice a bit of, you know, coin in this case, he went up 24.4 K in the weekend. Yeah. Break um, 41. So would you, would you bite the bullet and bring him now first, first and foremost, or would you wait to see how he fares when Trelaw comes back in? Because there's been a little bit, bit of a spike with his scoring without Trelaw. Yeah. Or third, would you just not consider him at all? <laughs> what was one again? No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> no. All right. So, I think that's your point regarding Trelaw is a good one. Trelaw, I think, is potentially due back this week. Mm-hmm. Um, I would want to see him playing with Trelaw because there's been a bit of a, I don't know, mix in his scoring when Trelaw's played. Obviously, the last two games, he really hasn't played much in the middle from what I've understood. Definitely on the weekend, played less CBAs than normal um, and still managed a score of 145. Um I think, though, I mean, the majority of his scores this season have been 100-plus. His floor is 81. Hmm. Oh, and I'm talking myself into him now. Yes, I would consider him, but not yet. I don't think with the round 15 buy, I'd be concerned by that. I'd almost want to pay a little bit extra for him. I'd almost be okay with paying extra for him. Yep. Um, just purely because, I mean, I'd have to look, I have to look at my personal buy structure and maybe I just say stuff that I don't care. But I think I'd probably look elsewhere. Yeah, I'm I'm very similar, I think, as well. Like he's not hitting like the scores that he's hitting. Um like take out a... the last two weeks of 145. So that's bumping mm. up his average quite a lot. Yeah. If you look at here the breakdown of his of his scores, he's had one score of 131 and yeah, taking away those 145s. Uh, his other high score was 114. And then he's at a 112, 103, 106, 85, 81, 88, 96. So it's been a bit of a mixed bag. And like McRae of recent years, he's been able to punch out the consistent high scores of 120 plus, almost like what Bond's doing at the moment, really. Um, 
but just looking at your CBAs as well is I know like the CBAs only tell part of the tale and it's probably more favorable with Trull or not being there because there's more points to go around. But from rounds two to round eight, he was averaging around about roughly, I reckon about 50% CBAs, maybe a little bit less, um, which is kind of deceiving, I think, because yeah, he still scored the 100, 112. He hasn't had the the ceiling scores that he's had in previous years. So I'm I'm not convinced that he's that he's worthy of of being a top six forward, especially when you again it comes down to how many players and what type of players you got down or up in your forward line. I've got I've got Dunks, Taranto, Rosie, Cogs, Sheasel, and I've got Golden, who will I I will switch back into the forward line, but in currently in the midfield. But those guys to me present as the best six forwards. Sheasel, you could probably argue he's probably the uh the weaker, you'd say he is the weakest of the lot, but I'd prefer to just stick with Sheasel, save a trade. Um, yeah. And that's it. The saving the trade. Sorry. That's, that's it virtually. Like it's how much is it at this time of the year? I think it's just how much is a trade worth and will McRae, like how many points will McRae outscore Sheasel by from yeah. here on out? I don't know if it would be much. Yeah. Yeah. And then equally, I know is obviously quite expensive right now. Zach Butters, 652. I mean, his break-even right now is 81, so you expect him to keep going up. But, I mean, he's he's got more volatility in his scoring with the lower scores, 67 and 79, mm. um, which are both lower than um, uh, McRae's lower scores. But they came back in round two and three. Other than that, he's gone 89, 94, 96, 101, 104, 125, 139, 146, and 184. If Zach Batters gets, you know, back to 600K at the same time mm. as McRae kind of does um like i think yeah there might be more upside there i'm just I, anticipating that zach butters is overpriced basically 652k oh yeah yeah way overpriced so i wouldn't be bringing him in i'm not Off saying that. that mammoth game yeah. yeah but what i'm saying is i expect he'd drop back to probably 600k um and probably about the same price as jack mccray yeah um that's a fair point time. yeah it's, it's always I think hard. the upside is better on that on a butters um, oh, absolutely. Then there is on McCray. Yeah. It's always hard to, and that's, that's a good point as well. Like trying to project forward, look at other guys who present as better options and see like all it takes. And we'll get into it shortly as well, but like just highlighting Tim English, for example, like he was at 680 K at one stage at, at the height. And now he's, he's only about 10, 15, 20 K above his starting price. So off the back of two games in the eighties and nineties. So it does show that the higher price point, you can fall dramatically off the back of one poor game or two poor games, especially. So that's a very good point you make there about butters. And yeah, if we uh, hold out, um, it's bound to happen. You'll have a yeah. um, an off game and that's that. And we'll be able to pounce later in the season. But uh, yeah. yeah, in short, McRae for me is a no for you, Liam. Uh, it's a maybe. I don't dislike it. I just, at this, it's just his buyer stuffs him up. Like I don't think you can get him in with his buyer currently. If you want the full list, sorry, of, of DPP changes, you can head to the Herald Sun Supercoach website or access it through the code website. Um, but time now, though, to uh, discuss the buys. Yes. Yes, Come. indeed it is. You! This is the uh, the first of four buy rounds. And as we mentioned, this first week is a little more favorable to us. But um, again, not so much off the back of these, uh, these suspensions. Um, but there is only four teams missing. So that's kind of the context is why we think this is a, an easier week compared to other weeks where it's, what, six, I think? Six, 12, 
for yeah, 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 that's right. Because then it's Geelong and Gold Coast who have it next week. So that's that's the best week of the lot. But this week, uh, the teams that have the bye are Brisbane, Frio, St Kilda, and Sydney. And of course, for those not familiar, on bye weeks, only the best scoring 18 players contribute towards your weekly score. So if you have 19, 20, or a full complement of 22, which is virtually impossible, but um, it means that only your best 18 scores count. So those shitter scores uh, end up dropping off. Uh, and yeah, obviously the best ones count. Uh, and for each of the four weeks, we get access to the use of an extra trade. So three in total, but note that they aren't additional trades and will be deducted yes. from our total amount remaining, much like the boost trades. And um, I guess a bit of a segue, because if you have any boosts left, uh, congratulations uh, to you, but it means you actually get to use four in one week if you choose to do so. Yeah, so now let's have a quick look at some of the most owned players uh, missing this round across the bio teams. Um, this is for mid-prices and keepers. From the Lions, we've got Dunkley, Ashcroft, Neil. From Frio, we've got Brayshaw, Lukey Ryan, and Sarong. And from St. Kilda, we have Romo, uh, Sinclair, and the Man of Steel. And from Sydney, it is Mills, who, I mean, he's already out anyway. Yeah. Uh, Lloyd, the Seagull, and Chad Warner. What about Golden? Is Golden? Oh, yeah, Golden. Yeah, 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 Golden. Come on. Can't miss Golden Boy. <laughs> I may have, I may have uh, overlooked him there. It's my boy. I may have overlooked him. I know, he's your boy. And the fact that uh, <laughs> I think he's like the most owned as well out of all those. Oh, that's a classic. Let's have a that's look. A, Let's that's have a, a look. classic stitch up. He's at 52% of teams. He is the most owned. <laughs> what a stitch up for you. Your boy overlooked. Where's Don't worry Mills is, I don't know where you got this. Mills is 1.6% owned. I went I went into went into players and then I ranked it by teams and I obviously didn't do the percentage of teams picked. I just like, actually, no, I did. That's strange. I don't know. Yeah, Mills is 1.6. Weird. Strange. Anyway, my boy Errol is number one yep. there. Yep. Anyway, something to keep in mind when trading in players over these uh over these weeks. Um, uh, these exact players will be having th those exact players that you trade in will be having a buy coming up. So make sure any trade-ins don't leave you in more of a compromising position than before on a specific week, if that makes sense. So don't trade yourself into trouble, basically. Yeah. Don't trade yourself out of trouble this week to then trade yourself into trouble in two weeks. That's what Domino. I'm trying to say. Domino effect. Uh, yeah, exactly. You know, like the butterfly, the wings mm. flick, uh, the butterfly effect. Oh, that's right. Yeah, um, around the world. Yeah, yeah, the hurricane that's happening um, in Laird getting suspended. Uh, knowing that we have access to three trades or four, if you do have those boosts, if you're if you do find you're projected to have less than fifteen players available heading into a given bye week, you are at risk of not being able to field the full eighteen. Obviously, um, yeah, that's it. That's all I wanted to say. Yeah, and probably as well, just just. Um... To mention a small note as well, um, using I say uh, Drury as an example, like if you're facing, uh, you know, a donut or two donuts or whatever, and you're like, oh, okay, I might, I might trade in a rookie on a given week just just so, you know, you get an extra few points. Mm. Like, don't don't go trading in a rookie willy nilly or someone cheap willy nilly, and you think, oh yeah, okay, no worries, without any real great thought behind it, because someone like a Drury. And that's just unfortunate, but like he's a classic example of someone that you, you could could have brought in over the buyers, and he's only contributed like what thirty points over two weeks or something, um, if that. So, 
yeah, just keep your, I guess, your wits about you and um, mm. look into it a little bit further beyond the current week. And likewise, always check how your side shapes up for buy coverage when trading out a player. So yeah. if holding a player for a given week that is projected to lose money, yet allows you to field a full 18 and not cup a donut, you'd be wise to keep them in your side for another week. So bottom line with all trades, keep buys front of mind. Yeah. Uh, that's, that's the name of the game, I think. Yeah, definitely. And I think don't be afraid to cop a donut as well. Mm. Like I think sometimes we all freak out and think, oh, zero points, but yeah. sometimes not trading a player in. Like, like I guess if you're missing like a rookie and they're going to score 50, think about that as 50 points across what, 10 rounds? Yeah. 12 rounds. Like that's not many points per week to make up that you might get with a trade that you save and actually bring in a primo later on. So just, yeah, I think keep that in mind. You don't want to run out of, out of trades and end up having to field donuts, you know, for the rest of the season later on where you're going to lose more points than uh, during, during a buy round. And I reckon, I reckon a lot of people will be burning through trades. Yep. With, I know with I that am. mindset, with that mindset thinking, oh, I just need to cover donuts. Like think of it long game. Like it's a marathon or a sprint classic um, saying, but it, it applies here definitely um, yeah. because injuries will hit, omissions will hit later in the season. And if you're dwindling in trade later in the year, you're absolutely, you've cooked yourself um, for the season at the expense of trying to prop yourself up for, you know, a couple of weeks or the four bye weeks, which just yeah. isn't worth it. It's four weeks compared to the remaining nine yeah. after the buys. And I think the buys present both opportunities. You can either fling yourself up, like really skyrocket up the rankings if you if you if you prepare well, but they can also really hurt you. Um, by later on, even even if you do skyrocket up and go really aggressive, you could hurt yourself by having no trades left and um, yeah, finishing the season in a worse position. Yeah. I think like the, the strategy and we we've spoken about it in previous seasons as well, but I guess the main aim is like omissions aside and injuries aside, but if you are in a position where, you know, because anyone you trade in that hasn't yet had the buy will have a buy. So you're virtually yeah. trading in someone that's going to miss a week. So using say next week as an example, if you wanted to target a uh, Lockie Neal, um, that'd be a good time to bring him in as opposed to obviously this week he's on a buy. So if you bring him in next week, it means that you know you've got someone that can cover the remaining three weeks of the buys. So that's kind of the way to try and make a step up every single week on week. It's going to be hard, obviously, for those players that have around 15 buy. Um, but uh, those are sort of the players you want to try and target after round 15 coming out of that buy if you can. But um, it's going to be hard to do so um, this year, especially because we've got an extra buy week compared to previous years so yeah a bit of extra flavor a spice added to the mix yep definitely now though let's turn our attention to the juiciest part of our episode as always as we talk all things trades in the price is right show me the money for those tuning in for the first time the price is right is the segment where we discuss potential trades trade targets from week to week and whether a specific player you know, you have, should even be traded at all. So let's kick off with uh, the first cab off the rank in going, going, gone, Damon. Who is it? It is uh, Ho-Dodo or oh, Shrek. No. 
Uh, he's priced at 567.4K. Uh, average is a 103.5 with a break-even of 179. So the big Hodo looks to have been fatigued from holding the door for so long, succumbing to a hamstring injury and being subbed out of the game against the Ds. Freo have said he has a medium-grade strain, which is a minimum of around about three-plus weeks at minimum. So he does look, unfortunately, to be a trade. Combined with the fact his low break even is now 179 and projected and is projected to lose upwards of 40k, this could be one of the few opportunities to flip him to say in English for those non-owners. Has the bye week this week, so owners have the luxury of waiting a week for say English or a Gorn, both of which have a break even of 118. If you think they could drop further in price, which they could potentially do, otherwise load the cannons uh, because they will provide a little bit of cover uh, this week. Yes, most certainly. Um... And moving on to the next guy, it is Darcy Wilmot, defender midfielder, 308.5K, averaging 58.6 with a break-even of 90. And he turned out a absolute putrid 29, which was his second lowest score of the season and still went up in price to the tune of 5.7K. However, his break-even has skyrocketed to a massive 90, a score he hasn't eclipsed at all this season. So all signs indicate he will be dropping in price. He has the buy, though, this week, so you can wait a week before punting him, but does look a good time to use him as a stepping stone to a genuine primo, particularly if you can wait until next week and flip him to a kneel or another primo who is coming off the buy like a fake primo like Jack Sinclair. Ah, uh, just let us know who you're trading. Let us know who you're trading in there. That's that's all you need to do. Maybe I should tell you who I who I'm trading, and then no, it won't work. <laughs> I should tell you I'm not trading them in. Then you bring them in, and then I bring them in as well. Ah, yes, interesting. So we can have have sadness together. <laughs> sadness um... <laughs> together. We have because you've been bringing in players that I have in my team already. <laughs> <laughs> it's working. Don't that worry, it's true. working. Uh, moving on to Samson Ryan, who is a ruck forward priced at 344.5k, averaging a 63 with a break even of 101, and does have the round 15 buy. And we spoke of Nank's return having a negative impact on Ryan last week, and that continued mm. this week with a score of just 39. And what's worse is he was subbed. And last week, his time in the ruck dropped 43% uh, to uh, 23.7%. And then he dropped again this week, uh, underlying his role evaporating with Nank first choice ruck. Uh, the low score, unfortunately, means he has dropped 14.9K in price. And his break even now a sky high 101, a score he has only eclipsed once this season when rucking solo. And he is a must trade to preserve the cash generated. However, it means you won't be able to target primos, obviously from Brisbane, Frio, St. Kilda, or Sydney, all of whom have their buy this week. So if you're targeting such a player from any of those teams, it might be worthwhile instead trading him down to a fellow rookie this week. Like a Briggs, for example, who we'll speak about later. Yep. And he's gone down to 7%. Oh, 7%. That's what it was. Gee whiz. Yep. 7%. So that that's highlights that drop. A killer. Absolute killer. Um, yeah, probably one to get rid of this week, unfortunately. <laughs> um, but you may need to hold him as a player that is actually mm. playing. Hopefully. Yep. I mean, Shimmy yeah, doesn't get dropped. Yep. Um, we have Sam Simpson up next. Simpson, sir. He's one of your boobs from Sector 7G. Doesn't ring a bell. Mid forward eligible for the Cats, 250.6K, averaging 57.8, break even to 59, and he has the buy in round 13. He was... Rested. 
but there is no guarantee he makes it back into the Cats lineup with first choice best 22 players making their return week on week. If you're in need of some warm bodies to help give you a best 18 in the first week of the bye, he could be one to Carl. I got rid of him last week because I don't know. I don't, I hate Chris Scott basically. Yeah. Don't trust him. Don't trust him at all. Rested. Yeah. Rested. He was the only guy rested. Like, yeah, sure thing. Mm, you watch him not come him. back this week. You watch yes. him not come back for the rest of the year. But yeah, yeah. He, he was rested. Subbed. I love it. He was subbed the week before. Yeah. Uninjured. Like, yeah. and then gets rested. I don't know. Sus yeah. to me. Very, very sus. Anything to do with that uh, that that man who shall not be named. Yeah. Uh, he's very, very Always sus. Always pulling a Swifty. Yeah, exactly. Not the Taylor variety. No. Um, <laughs> but uh, let's move on to on the chopping block. And it is Will Ashcroft. First up uh, as a midfielder, obviously mm. priced at 420.4K, averaging a 79.6 with a break-even now of 109. And Ashcroft has struggled at times away from the gap, as we mentioned earlier, averaging only 62 interstate and a 100.8 at home at the Gabba. And That's this huge. game uh, at the Adelaide Oval on the weekend was no exception, scoring just 52. Has the bye this week, of course, but then heads to the MCG to face the Hawks. So you'd say... That uh, all science and all data is pointing to him having another down game. Whilst his break even is high, if he can score an 83, he will drop approximately 13.9K. But the week after his break even will drop to a more achievable 73. Regardless, though, he looks to have peaked in price and won't make much more cash with a deviation in his scoring that he's had to date. Nonetheless, like all of those with the round 12 buy, if you can afford to wait and then upgrade into a fellow round 12 buy premier next week, such as Neil or Brayshaw that I spoke of, that'll guarantee you a player who will be available across the remainder of the buys. Yes, very good. And looking at his run home in terms of the Gabba, he doesn't play his next game. The Gabba, it's at the MCG, then plays at the Gabba, then Marvel, then the Gabba, Gabba, MCG, Gabba. So yeah, it's a bit of a mixed bag. That's so, going to stuff up his, his three-round scoring. Yeah, exactly. So that's going to hurt him, um, especially this week, having played two weeks away, essentially. Um, so, yeah, get rid of him if you can. I think he's peaked in price. Uh, now let's move on to the get the mins, and this is much more fun to talk about. Yay. So first up, my boy, Zaki Merritt, mid-eligible mm. for another, well, well, like the third week in a row. 596.5K, averaging 110.3 with a break-even of 72. He has the round 14 buy. And he didn't quite hit the heights we were hoping, scoring a 110 against the Eagles without a tag in sight. However, it did reveal in a post-match interview he was working through a corky he copped from Nank the week prior against the Tigers. Fucking Nank. That now makes his 162 against them even more impressive because apparently it happened at the start of the game as well. They said like 30 seconds in. Insane. So yeah, massive. Pleasingly, he did have the second most CBAs with 73%. So the role is back, helped with Parish Shill, and Setters all being out. Has the dreaded round 14 by though. Not quite the worst one though. So ideally yeah. one we could, re- we recommend you try and hold out to grab following his buy in round 15. But he faces North this week. So he has scored 117, 114, and 140 in his last three. Bloody hell. Come on. Come on, Supercoach gods. <laughs> Who give out the fifth most points to mids as well. And then he faces Carlton. Only get if it doesn't disrupt your buy coverage in round 14, though. So, yeah, be careful um, with that with Zaki Merritt. Yep, definite option. And uh, glad that I have him in my team now. I don't have to worry mm. about him. 
going bananas and missing out on a score just because he's he's an absolute he's very very piggish. He's uh he's got a bit of a pig mentality about him. Um which I like, but we all like. Uh, but, target. Yeah. <laughs> did you so say horrible. wish did you say wish he'd hit no, a target? No, I said or... no, I said except he can hit a target. Oh, oh okay. Oh that's compared that's... to uh compared to Clary. Come on, Clary can't kick. I'm sorry. No, yeah, it's well. He, he can throw the ball as well. He's a classic. Well, you've got to give him some bloody cut him some slack. He hasn't got any bloody, you know, opposable thumbs or anything. He's just got trotters. <laughs> Should imagine handball in a handball. <laughs> but he What's hasn't got the harder to throw. <laughs> but he hasn't got the full range of motion with like a trotter, like like the length of a trotter compared to like a human arm. Yeah, like he hasn't got I'll like give the, you that. I'll give you that. But surely that like makes it again. Surely that makes it harder to throw. If just like two trotters Short at the one time would be harder to throw. Two trotters as opposed to like trying to get your trotter. Yeah, oh, I right. can't believe we're all talking right. about it. <laughs> <laughs> what have we descended into already? We're not even bloody halfway through the show. Anyway, let's move on before we derail <laughs> things more. Um, we'll we'll talk. We'll pick that up after the show. Actually, that debate. <laughs> but moving on to Sam Doherty, uh, he's priced at five fifty seven point six k. Averaging a 101 with a break even of 62, has a has the round 15 buy, and has extended his epic run of form since returning from injury with 106, 111, 94, 135, and 124 on the weekend. So I've just got the picture of Clary on all fours, with his, <laughs> literally with trotters for arms. Uh, as legs, sorry. Uh, but ownership went up in the decimals from last week, rising from 6.1% to 6.6% of teams. So he's a... Uh, He's very much still a pod. His average is in the 100s for the first time since round one and still 46K cheaper than his starting price. However, he has the dreaded round 15 buy. So again, I wouldn't consider him if he, of course, disrupts your round 15 buy setup. Yeah, another one. Probably harder because I reckon the round 15 buy is the worst one. Mm. Yeah. So definitely be wanting to hold off there. Um, On to the next guy, Tim English. Ruck eligible, 592.1K, averaging 122.9 with a break-even of 118, and he has the round 15 buy as well. Now, he presents as huge value at present, highlighted by the fact he's the highest-scoring Ruckman by a margin of 137 points, yet is priced below Marshall, Goldstein, and Wits, 20.8K less than Marshall being the most expensive. Absolute insanity. He uh, His price has dipped courtesy of scores of 90 and 88 in two of his past five games, which have brought down his average over the past five game span, despite the other scores being, sorry, this is just insane, 124, <laughs> 118, and 105. I can't believe this, and 105. Incredible to think he was top priced at 683.8K only six weeks ago. And now is only 11K above his starting price. And he has a 122.9K, sorry, 122.9 average. It's just nuts. It's just nuts. Sorry. Could yet drop even more over the next two or week or two if he fails to reach exactly more. He could be back below below his starting price. Jesus. If he fails to reach his break even, but is an easy switch from the injured Darcy to him with just 24.7K. What an absolute bargain. Isn't it funny as well? Like absolute bargain. Like he is a, a gift. Um, but isn't it funny though? Sliding doors moments because a lot of people traded that man Darcy to Tim English. Yes. After the first week of price changes thereabouts, because English obviously went bananas. Um, 
his first few scores were 134, 139, 139, 145. And uh, in that time, English went up 66K. Um, and Darcy, I think, went down 30K or something like that. But yeah, now we can, uh, we're, we're virtually all in the same spot and we have to pay 24.7K. So you'd probably say, oh, I guess there's more points with English anyway, if you've gone for him across the journey compared to, to Darcy. But um Interesting. We've all ended up in the same spot. That swings around about some super coach, mm. isn't it? Um, yeah. but moving on to Jordan Ridley. He's priced at 428.7K, averaging an 88.2 with a break-even of negative five. And he does have the round 14 buy. And the question is, is Ridley, the Ridley we know and love, back after his concussion? Since his return from injury, he has gone 122 and 130 and looks to be back to his intercepting best. With Laverde and Zerk Thatcher taking the best two forwards, Ridley is given the opportunity to intercept and take part in the switch, giving him bulk points. There is a risk, however, as the, door, as the Dons' last two opponents don't have particularly big forward lines, so the scores could be inflated. And uh, I think they, the, both of those teams bleed a little bit of points to defenders as well. But he would end up being a big pod for those who go uh, who opt to bring him in with an ownership of just four percent. And um, I started him. You started him, Liam? Mm, no, I didn't. But I traded him in. You bought him. I in, traded right. him in when Stewart went down. Ah, oh, yes. Mm. And again, again, he went shit the first week. I got him, and then yeah, just kept I... going shit though. Unfortunately. Yeah, exactly. Um, nothing to do with you. <laughs> uh, I would consider bringing him back. In full honesty. Um, he's a good price, isn't he? Good price. Yeah. Um, is a good price. It's just a bit weird. I don't know why he's like, I can't remember when Laverde went down with injury. No, that was against Collingwood. So it's not like he was going shit, going great. And then Laverde went down with injury and then his scoring declined. Mm. So yeah, it's a bit weird. Um, I'm not sure. Not sure. To look into it a little bit more, yeah. but I think you could potentially, I know his break even is a minus five, so he's going to go up in price, but you could potentially wait another week and just see how he goes. But again, it's against North. Um, so not a particularly strong defense forward line, I would say. Yeah. It's going to make, you know, cause him any issues. And then Carlton, which is probably the, the biggest challenge in the sense of just sort of matching up tall players. Yeah, Mackay and Kira. um, and then potentially I don't know if Silvani comes back or if DeConning rests forward. Yeah, probably. I, th- I to, think. Yeah, yeah. I mean, given given the what's well, two games out of how many that, like this could be, as we say, it's probably more. It could be due to the favorable matchups that that he's had. But, yeah. um, for me, I think it's a small like always go by the the sample size comparison, and it's like two games compared to. What's that? The previous eight that he played, um, where he was averaging an eighty-seven. Um, not going to the role's Port different. Ad- Port Adelaide, but yeah, the role. Yeah, the role. I guess is different. Yeah. The only other thing that I will raise, and I don't know why I think this, um, but Kelly's been out of the side, and Kelly has seemed to impact Ridley quite a lot in terms of scoring when he's been <laughs> in the side. So I do caution that um, Kelly's been out with concussion for the last two weeks. Um, that Ridley's been back. So I don't know. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, there's no there's no return date for him yet, um, unfortunately. So it'll be interesting to see how that goes. But yeah, I'd probably be cautioning going for Ridley just yet. Uh, let's jump onto the bubble, the rookies. 
Uh, first it. up, sorry. Don't burst the bubble. You're going to jump burst on the it. bubble. I'm, I'm going to jump it. on it. No, no, no. I'm going to jump in the bubble. It's going to make me float up. You don't worry. Um, every other player will be in a bubble soon enough because of uh, the head high uh, tackles. <laughs> yeah, we're just going to play in like those Zorb things. Zorb balls. <laughs> Uh, anyway, Kieran Briggs, Ruck eligible, 254.4K, averaging 105.5 with a break-even of minus 64. And he has looked the absolute goods after replacing Matt Flynn two weeks ago, scoring 109 and 102. Does come in at a higher price point, similar to, to that, that many paid for Humphrey B. Bear. And even, um, I mean, Rat- Ratkins wasn't quite 250, but still high. Yeah, he was up there. Uh, in round 11 and with such a low break even and a huge price rise on the horizon it makes sense that he'll be high on the wish list of many coaches and potentially even myself uh perfect timing as well heading into the bias where warm bodies are desperately needed and particularly for those owners of sean hodor darcy who injured his hammy and in the is and are in need of some cover likewise a great downgrade option uh, for some cash for owners of Samson Ryan. Uh, projected to make a quick 100 to 150K over the coming bye week. So should be given strong consideration if you can afford the trade. Yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan. And the reason I say don't bring him in, it's uh, I'm speaking to you alone, Liam, not to, not to the list. He's not a primo. No, no. It's, it's, as long as he's not a primo, it's okay. It's just my oh, primos that, for some reason. Okay. Yeah. I, we, we are referring, of course, to the uh, the curse that you have on players. Yeah. Um, Okay. Okay. Well, that's all right then. You can you can bring my him in. My rookies seem to be okay. My rookies seem to be okay. It's just the yeah. It's just the the rookies slash mid prices are okay. It's the uh, it's the primos. I just need a team. Yes. Of, it's the universe telling me I just need a team of mid prices. <laughs> Maybe for next year. Maybe give that a go. Spare us all. Um, <laughs> <laughs> otherwise, I, otherwise, I was going to say, can you just like sacrifice yourself? Sacrifice like a first price rise. Not mm. go for him this week, so we jump on, and then you can get him the week after. Yeah, if you can transfer so we can... some cash, that would be nice. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But no, he does look very, very juicy. Yeah. Um, I think Bryce Mitchell, uh, the resident uh, data guru that we all love on Twitter, he said if he averages against 90, he's going to go up about 150K or thereabouts over the next month. Um, mm. So, juicy. yeah, which is obviously doable. He's, uh, he's averaging 105 at the moment, so... Potentially yeah, hold he, him if he keeps he averaging could, 105. You could just keep him for the rest of the season. He could be like the uh, this this year's Prusy, Juicy yeah. Prusy. Yeah, that's a good point. So interesting, interesting tactic to see those people that have Darcy as to whether or not they replace him outright with say like an English, or if they trade him to down to a Briggs. You can even just like bring in, which is what I'm considering is trading Ryan down to Briggs and switching Madden to the forward line, holding Darcy for the time being until say English drops in price and then bring in English next week. But it means obviously play one less player this week. So yeah, it's probably bring in English, but if it wasn't the buys, I would be looking to do that. But um, interesting, interesting. Yeah. Tactics interesting. Around this bloke. Uh, but let's move on to the next guy. And it is George Wardlaw or the warlord as we call him uh, midfielder. He's priced at 193.8 K. He's averaging a 64. 64, and he's got a break-even of negative 16. Uh, yes. He does have the round 15 by. Looked impressive with his 85 in his first game, of course, playing primarily as a uh, mid- midfielder with his stints up forward as well, but spent more time forward in his second outing to only score 
a 43. Uh, the big appeal with the Warlord is he has elite job security and will play out the rest of the season provided he stays fit. The one thing with him as well is his time on ground was quite limited uh, and was managed in game by the looks of it. And I assume it's due to the fact that obviously he's his second game overall, um, but he did have that limited preseason as well. Um, came into the season with a, a, an injury niggle. Um, so it's a matter as to when sort of he breaks out of that and regains, you know, full fitness um, before he's given ample game time. He only played 66% game time uh, on the mm. weekend, which was the lowest, excluding the um, the subbed in and out players. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. I think aside from that, though, like he's, yeah, as I said, he's he comes with huge wraps. Um, but at the higher price point now, do you get him in? I don't know. I've already got him, so it's not a question Ooh. you can ask me. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, I went early on him um, just because I felt like he had better job security than Eddie Ford. Yep. Um, but Eddie Ford has done himself no harm. Um, but we'll touch on him in a second. I don't mind him. I think he's still – he's got that sort of job security um, and he'll have scoring potential, I think, as the season goes on. I think he'll – You'll see a little bit of volatility with his scoring. I don't think you'll see just straight 80s all the, every week in, week out, but I think he'll be similar to an Ashcroft where he might pump out a big score here and there. The one the one thing that uh, I was surprised with was he only laid the one tackle compared to, was it last week, the nine or whatever it was that was pretty yeah. crazy, averaging a six in the VFL. So that's probably the one part of his, his stat line that was um, doesn't look to be, a, like it looks to be an outlier uh, from his normal game. So if we're expecting, yeah. you know, he's not going to have nine tackles every single week, but no, but if you can average what he wants to be, yeah. five or six, like it, as we know, with like a Jack Steele and McCray and whatnot, at least it gives you a bit of a um a solid floor. So yeah, um, hopefully if he's given that more time in the midfield, that it uh, will help him out there. Yep. Now moving on to the next guy, his teammate in Eddie Ford, forward eligible, one twenty three point nine k, averaging ninety two point five with a break-even of minus 114. So things would wow. have to go really bad for him not to not to reach that. How many freeze uh, against would that be? <laughs> just, <laughs> yeah, all of them. Uh, <laughs> has he scored an impressive 102 and then an 83 in his first two games, playing a high half-forward role, pushing up across the wing. Historically, though, he hasn't been the best 22, having played just two and four games in his first two seasons. So there is some doubt. Um, small one over his job security. But I think looking at his, how he's been performing and as promising as he is, could not only be a decent cash cow, but could provide some important cover across the buys. Um, I will be getting him in this week. Um, I just don't think you can go past that. One four, yeah. Minus 114, um, get him in. Yeah, you can't pass up that sort of cash generation. It's going to be quick generation as well. Uh, if you can maintain, obviously his current average, but... Uh, going by Supercoach Plus, if he scores a 54 on the weekend, he's going to go up 75.8K yes. in one week. And then, yeah. again, if he scores a 54 the week after against the Giants, it'll, you'll go up 34.3K. So there's already uh, 100K. Yeah. Uh, wow. 100, 110K, actually. Um, mm. so, decent. That's what you want. Yeah, very decent. Uh, quick cash. Even, even if he doesn't maintain his spot, um, just the pure fact that he's going to give you that much cash to really help as well um, with upgrades across the buy is going to be uh, very, very crucial. Mm. We would mention uh, Lachlan McAndrew here, but of course, because he has played the two games, he is in the bubble, but he does have the round 12 buy. So we'll delve into him in a little bit more detail uh, when he comes out of the buy next week. Um, but yeah, there's a little bit of uh, suspect 
with his job security. Um, hard to read into. Didn't perform the best on the weekend. So, um, yeah, just I wouldn't be trading him in early at all. Uh, other rookies on the horizon, though, we have um, Josh Fahey or Josh Fay. I don't even know how you pronounce his name. I assume it's Fay because Fahey would be utterly ridiculous. Uh, he's a midfielder uh, defender uh, priced at 123.9K. And uh, speaking of uh, funny pronunciations, we've got some... <laughs> Surely this guy's name, this this guy's nickname has to has to be Sauce. You know why? And it's, we're talking about the Irishman for the Cats who made his debut on the weekend. Yeah. Surname Mullen, first name. How how would you pronounce that? Of course, it's an Irish name, so it, yeah, it could be how it's spelled. It could be anything. Yeah, uh, it could it could be Graham for all we know. Yeah, Oisin, Oisin, Oisin. Poison sauce, poison sauce. Surely his, his, his nickname has to be Sauce. Do we know what it actually? Do we actually know what is it? Oisin? Like is that no, how you pronounce it? No, it's not. I think it's like Oilin or something. Or Owen, maybe. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. I didn't say. Uh, yeah, I was talking about it on SEN, and it's completely. It's gone in one ear and out, out the next because I was just thinking of Oisin, Oisin sauce, and I couldn't <laughs> couldn't think of anything else. Love a bit of Oisin sauce. 102.4k he is as a defender. <laughs> uh, ho- hopefully, hopefully he can uh, keep his spot because uh, well, I mean, big raps on him. Big raps on him. On the radio today, they were they were comparing him. They were saying in Gaelic football terms, he's like the equivalent of a Dusty Martin. Yeah, they said, and I heard he was like a Nick Jacos as well. Yeah, and he's turned yeah. his back on like obviously his, his local game there to forge a bit of a path in AFL. From what I saw, he actually looked pretty good. Good speed. Um, and there was a yeah. bit of play. He, he kicked it behind, almost kicked a goal. And he did the classic Irish thing with like, you know, I think Gaelic football where they like, they, they kick the ball up yeah, off the yeah, ground yeah, and like yeah. kick it back to them. You would have seen with Conor McKenna over the yeah, years, yeah, obviously. Yeah. Um, but like did that, scooped it up and like kicked it around the body. And I was like, shit, this guy's first game. I don't know how, how many footies he's kicked in his time, but geez, he's got a bit of a natural nouse about him. Yeah. Love it. Love it, love it, love it. And also, we're going to have some potentially more rookies, some bottom price rookies with uh, the mid-season draft yes. on Wednesday, tomorrow. No, Wednesday. Wednesday I don't know yes. what day it is today. Uh, it's the day tomorrow. of hell off yeah. the back of Laird being suspended. But yes, uh, yeah, it's a very good point as well because um, it's a great time for new rookies to come on board, as we've seen in recent times. Massimo, D'Ambrosio and the like, uh, Menzies, yep. all those guys. So yeah. Um, Yep, yep, yep. Love it. Liam, let's move on to the next segment. Yeah. What do you have to say for yourself, Damon? I'm the captain now. Oh, that was better. That was better. I like that. Look at me. I'm the captain now. I write that. Yeah, you're right. That's it. Because I know last week you criticized or critiqued me because one was like, one was like really upbeat. Really like welcoming, be. like play school style. And the next minute I was, I am the captain now. Like I was like holding a knife to someone. Yeah, you can't do that. But I'm a pirate. If I've got to. No, but I've you can't. Be... If you're going to go like that, like, come on. Yeah. That's a yeah, happy, okay. that's a happy boat. No, that's, that's, that's because people see me coming from a distance and they're like, oh, yeah, yeah. they hear the toot toot. Oh, he's a welcoming pirate. He's fine. He's, he's all good. Welcoming pirate. <laughs> then when I jump on board, that's when I get my captain's hat on and I'm like, I am the captain now. And they're like, oh my God, he's fooled us completely. So that's, that's kind of where that comes from. All right. So he fooled you. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really fooled. <laughs> oh, anyway. I'm the captain now. We chat about 
the VCNC options that you've got for the upcoming round of Supercoach. As always, we've scrounged through the data and found the best options for you to consider. Let's kick yes. off with some vice captaincy options on Friday night. Yeah. At the G. I'm excited for this one. A personal <laughs> investment got skin in the game, as they say uh, in our theme song from The Killers. Uh, but uh, I'm not wearing any skin, as it turns out, because I've got no skin in the game. I just am just resigned to another big loss. I mean, off the back of all these injuries, Carlton, pull up your socks. Now, nah, come on, back against the wall. You could win clean, this. Clean sweep. Get rid of anyone. Get 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 the broomstick out. But anyway, it is Melbourne v Carlton Friday at 7.50 p.m. at the G. And we have the track Christian Petrarca first up. Has an average of 107.25 in his last four games against the Baggers with scores of 99, 101, 126, and 103. But comes into this game with four of his last five games at 122 plus. So in some decent form, I must say. Mm. Uh, moving on to the other side of the field, your side of the field, Damon, Sammy Walsh. He has an average of 89.75 in his last four games against the Ds. Scores of 73, 111, 89, and 86. But, and there's a big but here, the mm-hmm. Ds have been giving away some very big scores to opposition mids. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to run through some of them. 127 to Brayshaw on the weekend. 184 to Butters, 140 to Rosie, and 123 to Horn Francis the week before. 117 to John Newcomb. 189 to Noah Anderson, 144 to Timmy Taranto, mm. 134 to Zachary Merritt, and 139 to Timmy Kelly. So there is, I mean, and if, if I mean, I don't know, I haven't heard anything more on Cripps, so I don't know if he's playing or not. But yeah. uh, if Cripps doesn't play, Sammy Walsh could have the keys to the midfield. Oh, yeah, that's exactly right. Keys to the city. Mm. Just creep in there. I am keen. You're going to VC him? Off the back of that, I just might. That's a great mm. stat. I actually didn't even look that far into it. I just thought, Sammy Walsh, maybe you could put the VC on him. He is Carlton. Everyone else can just go and get stuffed. Um, so, yeah, uh, I like that. Good stat. Good good, uh, good bit of um, detective work there from you, Liam. Got to go back. Got to go back and look into history. Mm, I like that. Not even history, just recent weeks. Yeah, recent weeks. Yeah, that's very good. Very good correlation. Mm. Well, it worked out for Sicily, as we know. So, yep. got to... Uh, got to Grab those little exploitations when you can. Uh, but let's move on to the next game. And it is Port Adelaide up against the Hawks on Saturday at 1.45 p.m. at Adelaide Oval. And we have Connor Rosie, who has an average of 62.66 in his last three games against the Hawks with scores of 48, 74, and 66, but comes into this game with a three-round average of 118.7. So rearing towards the uh, the captaincy uh, territory yep. there. So a bit of a lock-in VC captaincy score. So... An option, an option. Yep, nice little option there. Uh, moving on to Zachy Butters, his teammate, has an average of a, a 92.66 in his three games against the Hawks with scores of 136, 88, and 54. But he comes into this game with a three-round average of 142.3, and three of his last four games have had 125-plus scores. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Mm. Uh, butter would not melt in his mouth. My Lord, he's good. Moving on to the next game, it is West Coast up against the Pies on Saturday at 4.35 p.m. at Optus Stadium. And we have just one man to speak of. And that man is no doubt uh, to be expected. Nicky Dacos. And he's played West Coast just once for a score of 125. So not a bad score first up. And he played through the middle on the weekend, actually, against the Roos, scoring a 124. Uh, and his CBOs, I think they McRae came out and said that he's trying to give him more opportunity in the midfield as the season goes on. Yeah. Or words to that effect. Um 
but in terms of CBAs, he actually had 43%, um, which was his third highest for the season. Um, oh, what Round seven, round eight, he had 63 and 47. Every other game, he's had just like fleeting moments in the midfield. So, yeah, it's uh, I guess he's he's performing. He's starting to perform um, to how he was at, I guess, junior level where he's killing it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I like it. Yep, don't mind it. And I mean, we're going to call these captaincy options just because they're the later games. But mm. realistically, in a buy round, you pretty much a VC anyone. Mm, it's, cool. uh, with all those players that aren't playing. Uh, <laughs> anyway, Western Bulldogs up against Geelong, Saturday at 7.25 p.m. at Marvel Stadium. Got Tommy Stewart. He has an average of 112.5 in his last four against the Doggies with scores of 112, 120, 104, and 114. And we discounted the 39 score and the concussion game he had in round 12 in 2022. But the Dogs do give away the second least points to defenders. So it could be one to avoid. Yep. No, exactly right. Um, bit of a mixed bag there. Um, don't know how he's going to go. If only it was at uh, GMHBA, that would yeah. give us a little bit of comfort. But um, moving on to the Bont, uh, Marcus Bontempelli has an average of 118 in his last four games against the Cats with scores of 109, 98, 143, and 122. But the Cats come in with a very depleted midfield, basically missing all of their first choice mids. So uh, could be a game where the Dogs mids dine out and especially the like mm. of Zibont, who uh, are just sheer quality. Yep. Uh, and over to his teammate, Jack McRae. He has an average of 102.5 in his last four against the Cats with scores of 107, 82, 97, and 124. But even with his reduced CBAs and mid-time on the weekend, he's scoring big with consecutive 145s in his last two matches. So could be could be in for a big one, another big one. Mm. As we said, going back to that little debate that we had, a little um, discussion point about McRae. Do you bring but him in remember, this week? that Trelaw could be back. So it could be, exactly. could be the other way. Mm, what's it going to be? Well, moving on to, uh, we'll find out. Uh, Gold Coast v Adelaide on Saturday at 7.30 p.m. at TIO Stadium. And we have, well, we were going to say Rory Laird here, but um, Michael Christian, that's for you, mate, um, because he's given him the the one week. I like it. <laughs> I had a tear. Yeah, you had a tear. Uh, sorry, for those people tuning in uh, to the podcast, the audio podcast, you would not hear that. This is part of the reason why you've got to get around us on the, yeah. on the vodcast. No, don't even YouTube. tell them. Um, Make just, just check in. it out. Check it out. Uh, <laughs> go and you'll see. But I was pretty outright in um, in what I just flipped to the screen, and you were quite. Um, I was the opposite. I, I yeah. was more. Um, I don't know. I was more emotional. I want to say. <laughs> yes, emotional. Oh, I'm emotional too. I've got I got two in my eyes. Oh, <laughs> there you go. Oh, sorry, it's double tears. Um, sorry, oh. Michael Christian, you just make me so emotional when I think about you and the AFL. Mm. Um, but yeah, Rory Laird, we're gonna have to shelve you, mate. Not not shelve you in that sense, but we're gonna have to because yeah, you're a blockhead. But um, <laughs> we'll have to put you on the shelf on ice. Uh, yes, and let's just move on to Jordan Dawson. Uh, averages uh, 116.25 in his last four games against the Suns with scores of 140, 74, 158, and a 93. So finally, I must say as an owner, he finally hit a decent score. Mm. Finally. I actually had the same sort of, um, I guess, curse that you were having. And I thought, geez, it's it's going to continue with, uh, with Dawson because he started pretty shit on the weekend. Um, the previous two games that I've had him, 89 and 92. And I'm like, what is this? And he's dropped uh, 50K. So, yeah, funny, funny game, Supercoach. 
but he came, he came all right. So yeah, anyway, uh, yeah, he's uh, got a bit of a mixed bag there against um, the Crows, but I uh, sorry against the Crows against um, the Coasters. The, so yeah, the Gold Coasters. <laughs> anyone yes. calls them the Gold Coasters? <laughs> I don't think anyone does. But anyway, uh, I did. <laughs> Uh, moving on to GWS uh, up against Richmond on Sunday at 110 at Giants Stadium. We have Timmy Taranto, and it is the first time he has faces his old side. So we we have no we have no averages to go off. But he could be in for a big one. And he could even be a sneaky option considering he did score that 147 against the power on the weekend. So we know he has a ceiling. Absolutely. Uh hitting his straps very, very nicely. Yes. Uh hope it continues. Uh, rounding us out, it is your mob in Zidons up against North Melbourne on Sunday at 4.40 p.m. at Marvel. And uh, one man to uh, to mention, and it is Zachary Merritt, who averages a 109.75 in his last four games against the Roos with scores of 140, 117, 114, and 68. So a definite option there to consider. Love it, love it, love it. Uh, let's jump into the captaincy head-to-head, Damon. And... Uh... Just rounding out last week, it was a close one, very close it one. Was. You had, you had Rory Laird, uh, who scored one fifteen. I had Zachary Merritt, who scored one hundred and ten. So just the five point difference, but you've even the ledger, evened Ooh. it. Five wins, five losses, and you have I think fifteen points up. So ten forty nine to you, and ten thirty four to me. So fifteen point difference. So very very close. Well, Liam, you've uh, you've got the first pick this week. Oh, I don't even know who I'm going to pick. I'm going to do it. You know what? I'm going to I'm going to take your boy, Sammy Walsh. <gasps> oh, okay. I'm going to steal hey. him from you. Okay, thanks for that. <laughs> thanks, <laughs> thanks a lot for that. Uh, well, you know what? Just just to add a bit of spice to this this week, I'm going to go for the opposing primo <gasps> in that game. Without oh, Clary, I love it. Yes, I'm going to go track. Yes, I like. I this. reckon he's going to tear us up. If we don't have Crips, uh, we've lost Hewitt, who's our concussed. Um, we've got a slow Matt Kennedy. Paddy, actually, Paddy Dow may finally Paddy make Dow. his way into our team. So maybe, maybe track doesn't go well, but no, I reckon he will. I reckon he's going to have a an absolute rip snorter, um, of a game. I was so. going to say, wouldn't you love Setters now? But he's also out injured, so it wouldn't help you. <laughs> Yeah, actually, yeah, I would. <laughs> Otherwise, uh, I'd probably prefer David Teague at this point as well. But uh, that's by the way. Bloody hell. Uh, now, David, <laughs> what's up next? But Michael Christians. I got to know. Hey, I got to know. Ah, uh, uh, yes, good old I got to know. And um, <laughs> lordy, lord, lord, lord. Uh, we're descending oh. into chaos here. Descending into <laughs> chaos. But um, probably should mention first off, because yes. um, he's probably listening at the moment, Liam. I hope so. But Matty Gooch, I love that name, Gooch. That's that's the space between your your balls and your <laughs> and your anus. That's actually named as your Gooch. He probably gets it all the time. Apologies, Matty. Um, but I'm not having a go at your name. But it's just Gooch. You've reached out to us on uh, on Facebook through Messenger, and you must have your profile set to like private or something because. Tried to search your name, can't find you. Tried to search you as a follower of a, of our group on Facebook, and yep. you're not coming up. So either you're like you're a spy, like a 007, or you're probably more realistically like a cop or a teacher or something, which is fine. But we can't reach out to you in turn because you've asked a few questions of us, and we're not being assholes, and we're not we're not being assholes, are huh, Gooch? <laughs> 
um we're not being assholes and not not, not responding to you um we actually no. want to respond so if there's a way you can drop us like your email or your instagram or just take yourself off private um yeah if you got twitter yeah no, twitter twitter is probably the easiest way um yeah. we reach out to facebook to see whether there's just a i don't know a glitch, a glitch or something as well in the matrix but uh we wanted to make sure that you are uh, you knew we weren't just ignoring you <laughs> yeah we weren't being i think we reacted freaks. I do think we reacted to one of his things. So he knows that we've seen it. We just can't, we just can't respond. <laughs> That's even worse. Cause it's like, we've seen, like, yeah, cool story, mate. Cool story. Yeah. Like we're not going to respond. That is a good point. It's probably not, not any better, but yeah, we oh, have seen you. it. We Apologies, promise. Yeah. We promise. Anyway, um, anyway, let's, uh, let's move on to uh, a few questions here that uh, we'll answer um, oh, relatively quickly now, because I think the episode's gone a little bit uh, overs in terms yes. of just delving into buys and DPPs and everything. Um, but first up we have from DSE at DSE underscore DSE underscore DSE is Wardlaw a must have. I'm down to 14 trades by bringing in Ford this week. Liam, what are your thoughts? Uh, well, I've already got him. So he's a must have for me. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't think he's a must have. Ford's more of a must-have just because he's going to have quick cash gen. Mm. Um, but looking at the rookies on the horizon, Wardlaw's got good job security and probably good scoring potential. Um, McAndrew, I'd all but count out, really. Yep. Um, probably need to see more from Faye and Mullen as well before I could talk to them. Yeah. Uh, so exactly. I don't mind bringing him in, um, but I don't think he's a must-have. No, I, th- I think look at the uh, the strength of your other rookies across the park. Yeah, um, I'm kind of at the stage now where I'm thinking about, and especially bringing in Briggs, is going to allow me to hopefully keep someone like a, a Seamus Mitchell for season long, because you almost need someone that uh, is first and foremost a DPP player as well, just to provide that bit of flexibility. But like you at least need one strong rookie that's going to play week in, week out to provide cover, especially at the back end of the season when you're running out of trades or you've run out of trades completely. So I think Wardlaw does fit the bill of that type of player. Um, he's not obviously DPP, but uh, just to help you out uh, in that area of the field, we've got mm. the most players and there's more chance of players missing in the midfield, obviously being um, eight players compared to the six in the forward and defense. Um, so I think it's a good option to bring in just to shore up your, um, your strength of rookies on the bench. But yeah, as you say, Ford is a must have just purely in a cash cow sense. Yep. Uh, let's move on to the next question. And he's from Sue Ridge pipe uh, at Bishop's balls. <laughs> Sorry. Who's, who's Bishop? <laughs> they're big or they lengthy or uh, anyway. Uh, let's move on. My trades are JVR to Ford at the minute. But can't get Jinbi up to Stewart. 14K short. That is the worst. Mm-hmm. Is going Seamus to Mullen early this ooh, early this week for my third trade. An okay move if it gets me to Stewart and saves me trading Ashcroft. I really want to hold Ashcroft as my M8 until I trade him after his West Coast Eagles game. Um, I'm going to throw that to you, Damon. <laughs> no, 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 no. Do, don't, don't do that, Sue. Um... I mean, yes, there's a question about Seamus's um, uh, fitness. fitness after yeah. the weekend. Apparently, he spent a little bit of time in the closing minutes of the game on the bench getting his knee checked out, I think it was. Um, don't know anything about that that's been reported as such yet, but uh, probably a good sign because, you know, it's uh, nothing read into it. But 
I think, as I said, Seamus for me is someone that is looking to be one of the more consistent scoring rookies. Um, so I would keep him as long as possible. Um, and I think he's he's playing the round 15 by as well, Seamus Mitchell, which will help us out. Yeah. Um, Across the other guys. Yeah. yeah. He's got the round 14 by obviously playing this week as well, if he gets up fitness wise. But um, I would, to your other point as well, trade Ashcroft now. Um, if yeah. anything, as we said, like we ran through his, I guess the variance in his game when he's playing away from the Gabba, there's a little bit of a, um, a trend there, which we can read a little bit into um, and chances are it could continue. Um, and beside the point, I think Ashcroft isn't going to make much more money. So from a cash cow perspective, he served his purpose. Um, but from a scoring perspective as well, there's that variance in scoring. Sure, he's good games. His, his high games are quite good, but his low games are quite shit. So there's no real middle ground there you can really lean back on. And I'd much prefer to lean back on someone like a Seamus Mitchell if you're fielding him, who's going to deliver you about you know 60 to 70 points week in, week out. So I'd much prefer that, especially when you're going for head-to-head league matchups. Um, and yeah, I mean, the amount of money that you'll get from trading in Ashcroft, you're going to have to do that eventually anyway. So why not do it now on his bye week? Um, cash him in. It'll allow you to um, go Jimby straight up to Stuart. And obviously you'll um, you'll bring in a nice little cash cow there in Ford uh, off the back of JVR. Liam, any other thoughts? No, nothing to add to that, to be honest. Um, yep. I think you've you've nailed it. Next question we have from uh, Jackie Jones at Jack John 0744527, a resident bot that we always love. So thanks for tuning in. Um, and hopefully your AI is uh, is learning at a rapid rate. And I think it is because this uh, this question, it's interesting. He says, McRae or Stuart, if you could go only one this week? And that's normally a question that chat GPT could potentially answer. Um, yeah. So can we help him out? It's much of a muchness, really. It really, I think it depends on so many questions, actually. Stuart coming up against the dogs who don't really score, you know, don't really give many points away to Backman. His break even's 109, so he's probably going to go down in price slightly. He's projected for a 93. We'll go down by 7K. McRae's break even is in the 40s off memory. Mm. Uh, so more, much more likely to go up. Um, was it in the 40s? I think it was. Yeah, yeah, it was 40 off. Um, yeah, 41, projector score of 109 is meant to go up 30K. So he's going to be, you know, over over uh, 600K next round if he if he can manage that. But then Chalors might come back this week. It's it's much of a muchness. I think mm-hmm. um, it really probably comes down to what area of the ground you're, what rookies you're getting off your field um, is probably where I would look to it. Um, the only benefit I would say of Stuart is that he is going to have the buy he'll cover the rest of the buys except for mm. next week, which is an easy one to cover through the week mm. after. Um, whereas McRae has that round 15 buy, which is a tough buy to cover. So I'm probably leaning just slightly towards Stuart, but yep. there could be argument that you get McRae in now and then get Stuart in after his buy, if you can do that. Yeah, potentially. Yeah. Yep. That's a good way of looking at it. I think comparing comparing the pair um, with these two guys, I think, Stewart is entrenched in the top six defenders. Um, so for me, he's in more of a keeper territory compared to McRae, who could be potentially a, a top six forward, which at the moment I think he is what he's the fourth highest scoring. Fourth, yeah, I think so, yeah. Um, but who knows, that could potentially dip if his average starts dipping as well. Um, but I, I see him scoring around about the maybe F6, F7, maybe F8 
uh, in terms of uh, his score towards or come the end of the season ranking wise. So I think I see Stewart as more of a, more of a, an important player. And I think the heights that he hits um, are heights that McRae can no longer hit in the current role that he's got in the dogs team. So yeah, yeah. that's kind of me separating the two. That's fair. Um, all right. Last question, Steve at Steph, Stephen C24. He asks Andrew Brayshaw or Lockie Neal next week off their bye. Now, Damon, I've got some stats for you. So I'm going to mm. just run through them for you. Like all right. Good. Lockie Neal, average score of 110.2. Uh, Andy Brayshaw, average score of 103.3. Uh, mm. They're both priced. So Brayshaw is a bit more expensive, 581. Uh, Neal is 577. So much for muchness, really. Uh, Neil's in 25% of teams. Brayshaw's in 14% of teams. Um, uh, what else? Their high score for Neil is 176. High score for Brayshaw is 149. Low score for Neil is 63. Low score for uh, Brayshaw is 70. Are I the same player? Yeah, it's so similar. Except for their, it's, it's only their average that's the difference. It's 100 versus 103. Um, so just, I guess for context, Neil has scored above a hundred in all, but three games. And one of those games was a 95. The other two were 76 and 63. Whereas conversely, Brayshaw has gone 149, uh, sorry, 100, one, two, three, four, five times. Um, he's gone 98 in one of them and then 89, 88, 84, 77 and 70. Okay. So, I mean, it's hard in terms of in terms of three round averages as well, just to kind of get a sense of the. F- it's basically the same as well. Uh, one nineteen point seven, one sixteen point three, five round one hundred nine point two, uh, versus one nineteen point two for Brayshaw. So very very close. I would separate the two, based upon, like when you're reading through Brayshaw's scores, there gave me flashbacks to when I had him last year. Yeah. And that's, that's a, probably that big, the only thing. That big variation in his scoring. So he's yeah. he's dipped below 100, what's that, six times? One, two, um, three, com- four, five, six, seven times. Seven times compared to Neil's no, sorry, three six. times. Yeah, you're at six, so. Six compared to Neil's three times, and one of which was a 95. Yeah. So 95. I'd much prefer to go for Neil because he's got that higher floor compared to Brayshaw, which was so yeah. frustrating last year. So. Um, it's a good question, Steve, because I'm very much in the same conundrum at the moment. I'm considering either of these guys heading into next week. Um, but yeah, I think for me personally, I would be going for Lockie Neal as frustrating as he can be because he's not hitting the heights again compared to his previous seasons. Um, but he's still having a high enough floor. It's just the, I guess the ceiling games that have been lacking, but he's, his past two games have been quite good. Yeah. It's funny, isn't it? He's really hasn't hit that ceiling, but He's had a better, much better floor. Whereas, like, I mean, he has had a ceiling because he scored 176, but I guess the other scores are 128, 124, not massive. Um, compared to Brayshaw, who's had more, like, his top three scores are all above 127. And it's 114, 106 for his next, you know, above 100. So, yeah, I agree. I think I'd go Neil. Yep. Very nice. Well, this is the last, last question. It's definitely the last one. And it's Jack Jones again. He's had a double dip. Uh, he asks, Ruckline is currently Darcy, Romo, and Rat slash Madden, obviously DPP. Oh, worth- to Galea. Yes. Yeah, is it worth bringing in both Wits and Briggs? If just one, which one is better? No, just bring in one. Yeah. 
Oh well, no, he's got he's got Darcy. Radical Lee is injured. He's he uh he did a hammy on the weekend. Yeah, but surely uh okay. How much so is Radigalia? So this is saying... how much I don't know about Radigalia. It's funny that I know more about him. I think I just don't rate him. Um, he's three. Uh, so Radigalia is three fifty two. I don't. I don't mind it actually because yeah, you could literally trade out Rat to um, Briggs and well, bank about hundred k. Yeah, bank about hundred k, and then you could trade Darcy to Wits again. Wits probably isn't my choice, um, but he's. I oh, know he's got Romo. Yeah, I'd, I'd prefer English over wits personally, um, especially at that price point bargain wise, yep. but it's up to you personal preference. Um, so I, I don't mind it. And again, it probably comes down to how many trades you've got left as well and how it works in with your buy structure. Cause we, we don't know about that. So, um, but I think, yeah, conceivably uh, Briggs is obviously going to help you out this week and wits likewise Wits playing the round 13 or having the th- round 13 buy means he's going to help you out across those last two, yeah. By weeks around 14 and 15, which are the worst of the lot. So, yep, like it, like it a lot. Yep. I don't, don't have anything it. to add to that. Uh, if you were only going to bring in one, I would probably lean towards Brinks and then get Rat to put Madden into your D. That's uh, like your R3, and then bring in, you know, a Ford um, or the like for Radaglia and just make bulk cash. Swing Rat into your forward line. Uh, now rat because if he's trading out rat to Briggs because Briggs is only a no, sorry, Darcy. I meant you trade Darcy, oh, yeah, to gotcha. Briggs. yep, just make absolute yeah, okay. bulk cash, yeah, yeah, that's that's actually really good because then, yeah, you can just, just sit on that. And I mean, it's the bye week, so best 18 away you go. Um, yep. both of those, anyway. and you could, yeah, potentially wait to see who's better out of English and wits. You can, uh, you can wait, yeah, potentially. But, that's just another option, yep, not like it. Anyway, uh, let's uh, move on because before we wrap up this mammoth episode, we need to, of course, run through our Supercoach Edge uh, results across the board. And first up, we have the Supercoach Edge Cup group results after round 11. Uh, And our Supercoach Edge Cup public group leader is a carryover leader yet again. No surprises here with Rehab with his team, Colin Good, uh, topping the lot round score 2,396 with a total score of 25,495. And an overall rank of 38th overall. So well done there, Rehab. Yes, and the top scorer for the round in that uh, group was Josh with his team, Kiwis Rule. Uh, round score 2,005. It must be, Drakken is a big fan of kiwi fruit. Oh, absolutely. Or, or just like or the just animal, the, the kiwi. Just the bird, <laughs> the kiwi. They look pretty cute. <laughs> right, sorry. Round score of 2,534 100%. with a round rank of 200. Uh, sorry, yeah, 210. Wow, I just forgot how maths works there. Uh, <laughs> for our Patreon exclusive group, the leader is T Prestitutes, Jonas Goat again. Oh, Jonas Goat. Yet again, 2,373 was his round score. He has a total score of 25,216 and an overall rank of 338. And Damon, you did it. You took out the top score yet again, 2420. <laughs> Well, I don't, I don't know if that's a good thing. Up. I don't know if that's Making a good thing for up. me or if that's a poor reflection on the people in our group. I don't know. 2420 no. is not a bad score. Yeah, it wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. I'll take it. I'll take it. Take it to the bank. Withdrawal. And then I'll mm. be running away to the Bahamas. Uh, but in terms of our Patreon exclusive Supercoach Edge Cash League, the results looked like this. And it was Popable FC uh, defeated by Tun 
618. Oh. And it was uh, 2,249 up against 2,325. Uh, myself, DJ Trade a lot, uh, defeated the Sharpshooters. Uh, the first place Absolute get it was classic. a close. Absolutely. It was one for the ages, wasn't it? It was one, one for the ages. I was watch- <laughs> I have to admit, I was watching that one, actually. <laughs> <laughs> it was one that you'd, you'd definitely go and, and, well, if they still did it, but like you'd get it on Name a Game on, on DVD. Oh, yeah, definitely. For those? Classic. I tell my kids about this game. You'll be like, <laughs> I was there that round. <laughs> It'll be passed down through the generations. <laughs> have you heard about the uh, the classic game, infamous game, DJ Trotalot versus the Sharpshooters? So I ended up uh, doing him. Uh, by four points, two thousand four hundred twenty. It looks like I thought you were going to actually draw. I thought there yeah, was a draw it looked like that out. one stage. Yeah, it was a blockhead that helped me out though. Rory squared yeah. came yeah. through with the absolute goods. Uh, then we had a black on white, two thousand three hundred thirty-one defeated. Uh, Carps crushes two thousand two hundred eight, and then yourself, Liam. Jeez, I-, I called it many weeks ago when you were still propping up the ladder. You were so mm-hmm. humble, so noble of you. Uh, but I knew you were going to come back at some stage and you have, because again, another win on the board, but it wasn't just a win. This was on another level because it was against our father-in-law who has had the wood over you. He has every been like four times in a row. And you were so worried at one stage, weren't you? It was like, it was, oh, come I was down like... to Ashcroft and 150 lead to Dawson. I think it was. Yeah. I right? was like, Oh yeah. Yeah. It was Dawson. Yeah. And you were like, no, he'll be fine. Ashcroft was just doing absolutely nothing. He just he just went bloody kicked up his feet. And he's like, check this out, Liam. There's a lot of fire in here. <laughs> so he ended up oh. defeating Tankers uh, 2,310 to 2,263. Just every time we play, something happens. Yeah. It's like just something out of the box happens. And it's always just never good for me. <laughs> Like something's gonna happen. Something's gonna trip up. Yeah, like when Darcy went down, I was like, "That's it. That's it. Yeah, That's I'm what's done. happened. <laughs> I'm done for." Maybe we should blame uh, Pete. He's the reason. Blame me for for Sicily. Just did. He's a sniper in the sniper in the in the ground shooting shooting at. Uh... That's on the grassy knoll. Yeah. <laughs> JFK. Yeah. Everyone taking yep. out taking out uh Shrek's hamstring just a little ping. <laughs> yeah, a little ping with a little BB gun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that little BB gun. It's kind of like uh Shrek up against Daniel, Caleb Daniel. Daniel, yeah. It was like that that uh David versus Goliath battle yep. of like the small men up against the giant, like this little BB gun. <laughs> yeah, like the Simpsons episode where it's like Nelson and Bart and he like uses the oh, slingshot yeah. and it's like just yeah. into his knee and he just like dies. <laughs> it's like Troy. Uh, oh, his heel. Classic. Anyway, anyway, let's have a look at the ladder. Let's have a look at the ladder. Damon, yep. you are in second. Yay! And equal, equal first with mm. the sharpshooters, just based off points. And it's pretty close. It's just under a hundred, just over a hundred points. Yeah. You're both sitting there on 32 points apiece, eight wins, two losses. You, Damon, are five five in a row, five zero in the last Ooh, five. Sharpshooters having the only loss to you in his last five. So going 4-1. Uh, Matthew, ton 618, sits in third place on 20 points uh, based off his uh, points scored. So he is just, uh, he's 140 points up. He sits with five wins, five losses, uh, gone 2-3 in his last five. And he has made his way up one spot on the ladder. Uh, Carps crashes Wade. He sits on 20 points as well. So equal third, uh, but in fourth, fourth spot on points. He has two wins, 
sorry, five wins, five losses, and two wins in the last five. I have made my way up to Ooh, fifth spot. Yes. I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm, I'm coming, I'm coming for, I'm coming for the top four. Uh, I have 16 points, uh, 22, uh, sorry, I'm, yeah, uh, in fifth of points, four wins, six losses, four, one in my last five, and I've gone up one spot. Uh, Scott Arthur with black on white sits in six spots, 16 points, 22, four, five, seven, four wins, six losses, and one, one of his last five. Uh, Peter with his team tankers sits in 16th, 22, three, five, five, four wins, six losses. He's won two of his last three, uh, like two of his last five. And Dylan with Papa Ball FC is in last spot with eight win, uh, eight points, two wins, eight losses, and has lost his last five, unfortunately. Well, there we go. That's how things stand heading into the buy round. So best of luck for everyone there. And that does, of course, bring us to the end of the show. But before we go, Liam, where can our listeners find us across our socials? Yes, on YouTube, search Supercoach Edge. And don't forget to like and subscribe and to get all the visual gags that we are we have, like uh, Damon, Damon wearing his hat again. Uh, Twitter on at Supercoach underscore Edge. Damon at at J 88 Myself mm-hmm. at Liam Evans underscore 95. Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. Um, all of those. Search Supercoach Edge. You'll find us there. I couldn't think of any others that, you know, yeah. exist. Yeah, that happened to me. Be real. Well. Yeah, we're on Be Real. <laughs> I still don't understand what that is. Neither I feel like I. an old man. It oh, feels like the complete opposite man. of the name as well, that it's not at all being real. Yeah, exactly. But anyway. Yeah. Interesting. Well, uh, as always, uh, I must admit as well that uh, someone, we had a new subscriber and it was someone that was a regular <laughs> listener of ours that didn't actually know, and I have no idea how they didn't realize because we mentioned all the time that we have a YouTube channel and we exist in video form, vodcast form. And uh, they jumped across and uh, yeah, gave us a sub. So the more, the merrier, I guess. So for those of you who haven't yet subscribed to our channel on YouTube and you listen to our content regularly through uh, Spotify, Apple, iTunes, all that sort of stuff, we say, do it. Do it. (laughs) Just do Do it. (laughs) Uh, and so you'll have no idea what the reference is there and unless you go across to YouTube. So make sure you do that. Give us a sub, give us a like, uh, and we'll we'll uh, repay you with some more gags like this, for example, for Michael Christian. Uh, <laughs> just so itchy, itchy nose, all that sort of stuff. What was yours? Oh, the tear. Uh, I literally just did a normal tear. Oh, you had a normal tear? Just yeah, genuine? Just for, just for lead. Oh, yeah, okay, yeah. just for lead. Oh, okay. I'll I was being nice. I'll have to rewind the tape and uh, zoom that in, actually. See how hard my head hit the ground? <laughs> oh, classic. I'll get Michael Christian on the phone. Thanks as always for tuning in. All the best for the round of head. Of course, it is the bye week, the first bye week. Don't worry if you're copying zeros left, right, and center. We all are. We're all in this together. So let's embrace. Yes. Let's hug. Let's sit down by the fire. Strum out guitar. Kumbaya. Sing kumbaya. And say lovey. Say lovey. Right yeah. Kisara. Yeah. Kisara. Free lead. Free lead. <laughs> Um, all that sort of stuff. And we'll catch you, of course. Same time, same place. We'll see you then. See you guys. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. 
It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code PROGRAM.